and Mamuke. Hello, everybody. And tonight we're doing Being the Ricardos. Being the Ricardos. We're supposed to do this earlier this year because Amazon Prime said they're going to have it. Uh, and they do, but they had it much later than they said because they uh, it's one of those ones where, oh, it comes out this day. It's like, no, it's in eight theaters in the country this day. And then two weeks it'll be <laughs> streaming. So we have a couple of those. Uh, this is one of them. Uh, do you guys know anything about this movie going in or the subject matter for that matter? Matter? Um, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I love Lucy. It's iconic, right? So that, uh, I didn't know that they made a movie, which is really interesting because, I mean, it's got some solid star power and how uh, we're just not hearing about these things. I'm not really sure. So. Yeah, I, uh. I'm familiar with the subject matter. Um, I know who all these people were. Um, didn't know they were making a movie about them uh, 70 years later. But here we are. Oh my god. Yeah, you're right. It's old. <laughs> it's very old. Wow. Okay. So... Lisa. Kind of leaves leads me into my what my first question will be once we get to it of why this is being made right now, but we'll see. <laughs> a revealing glimpse of Lucio Ball and Desi Arnaz's complex romantic and professional relationship, the film takes audiences into the writer's room, onto the sound stage, and behind closed doors with Ball and Arnaz during one critical production week of their groundbreaking sitcom, I Love Lucy. So, for anyone under the age of, I don't know, 60, who is not a pop culture person, uh, it was an old, old TV show, Black and White, one of the biggest sitcom, one of the early big sitcoms. Very controversial show. Apparently. I guess. I, I mean, for, we, we learned some controversies, and then you're like, oh, very different times back then. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But yes, kind of controversial, groundbreaking. Uh, Lucille Ball is uh, she's like a B-list kind of movie star, and then this really took her career off. And Desi Arnaz was a like a band leader, Cuban band leader. Um, yeah. So this this set them off to the next level, basically. Uh, and this is yeah, it's about uh, it's it focuses a lot on a week, but it it just spans enough time where you get the full picture. Uh, so, if you haven't seen Being There Cardos, it's in those eight theaters that I said earlier, probably. And it's also on Amazon Prime for everyone who's, you know, actually not in a metropolitan area to see. So, uh, we are going to spoil it here and now, Amazon Prime and a few theaters. And so, it's, it focuses on a week where the, there's three kind of big things happening in this week. And the first is uh, Lucille is being accused of being a member of the Communist Party, which is a big, bad deal in the 50s. Uh, the second is that Desi Arnaz uh, has been accused by some tabloids of stepping out on his marriage. Uh, so not good. And the third thing is uh, Lucille is pregnant. So a lot going on in this one week of production. We also get flashbacks to some of their earlier life and how they met and that kind of stuff. As well as a kind of documentary, what's really mockumentary style of uh, showing actors playing the writers and production people in a sort of uh, like the, as if they're talking to you looking back. Um, obviously, these are not the real writers and production people because they have been dead for years. Um, but 
you know, they're they're actors in the future and then they play themselves in the past. So it's it's less confusing than that. And if you see it, uh, so it goes through their their life on the sitcom and their tumultuous uh, relationship on and off the show, and that's that's it. I mean, that's 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 two hours. It's Aaron Sorkin, so it's talky, it's righty. Um, <laughs> Nicole, what did you think of being the Ricardos? Mm. Um, well, I guess I will refer back to my original question here. Um, what do we think about this being made in 2022, 2021? Like, like, why is it happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. The project um, was announced in 2015, so it's a couple years older. Okay, but, but still, my question stands. <laughs> still. <laughs> It's still 65 years from when it happened. I think, well, I have a theory, but well, okay. Uh, I hadn't thought about that question. Um, it's, it's an interesting, <clears throat> it's an interesting thing. Like I, like I was saying that there's some star power behind it. So maybe it was really supposed to be um, more than it ended up this, you know, having everything coming out streaming kind of takes away the magic a little bit for me. Um, I like going to the movies and, I feel like, and I love previews at the movies. That's my favorite thing. So I feel like these are the kind of things that may have come up during, you know, if we were going to the movies more and if they were making more previews and if they, you know, were really dedicated and behind these projects, I kind of feel like it's a little, you know, just let's, let's do this. Everyone's dead. So no one's gonna be like there was like a it was like some sort of thing where we had to wait a certain amount of time what do they call that we had to wait a certain amount of time before information can be released yeah like it's a moratorium until 10 years oh yeah like this yeah i I don't know that that's i mean i don't i can't imagine limitations yeah Yeah. No one's going to jail over this, okay? There's nothing that scandalous in here, though, especially for today's standards. I mean, for back then, you know, pushing pushing two beds together for a married couple would be scandalous on TV. So, Well, yeah. I mean, and that was the weird part because, you know, I watched it not when it was originally aired, obviously, but I watched the reruns in the, in the 70s. And that was already super weird to see that Lucy and Ricky, you know, sleep in two twin with beds Ernie. with... <laughs> Well, a little different than Bert and Ernie, but yeah. Um, <laughs> to see, we don't know. We, we're, we're sixty years from now. We're gonna get the off-screen uh, being, being the whatever they are, whatever their last name is. It's gonna get tumult- their tumultuous on and off-screen relationship. Bert and Ernie's. Yeah, I'd watch that. I don't think we're gonna have to wait that long. It, things go that. a lot faster now. Um, so I don't know. Rates. I mean, I think people want you know. There's there is an interest in like real you know in biopics and that kind of thing and um nicole kidman attends to attach herself to those kind of things so um yeah, yeah it's probably something to do probably something really simple to do during you know yeah. during covid so i think a lot of things I'm, I'm thinking they had it like they like someone had like it's we haven't done this yet, and we have we're we're always out of ideas. So might as well do this thing now. I think Aaron right. Sorkin probably wanted to do it. He's the writer yeah. of this, and he was on creative control. He wasn't going to originally direct it, but after directing Charles Chicago Seven and uh, Molly's Game, he's like, I kind of like directing, so I'll I'll just do this one. So he's the behind the camera as well. Um, and it, it it's gone through a few star changes. Like originally, it was supposed to be Kate Blanchett. 
and she dropped out, and that's why we have Nicole Kidman. Um, mm-hmm. And it was made for, I don't think that much, a couple million. So it, cheap, safe, Oscar bait, possibly. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, sure. easy to make. Well, yeah. what I think about this movie is, I think to the audience that is alive and watching movies at this time this is irrelevant as hell um i think that as you stated if you are not 50 and older or you don't keep up with with pop culture from decades past and you don't know lucille ball and you don't know you know i love lucy was like i'm pretty sure that was the first tv show to show a pregnant woman so I mean, I they think would have you believe that. I mean, possibly. I think, it's, I, have no I think that's pretty awesome, and you know, that obviously that doesn't hold much ground anymore. It doesn't matter. I mean, um, there's a lot more that we're have, that we have available to us clearly. So, if you're not into that, knowing about this, or don't have any idea who these people were, or what kind of stood for at that time in the 40s and 50s, like then this this movie is just probably a snooze fest um even me yeah, I think knowing, it's not relatable you know for people no definitely not it's definitely not and this gave me total um the post vibes meaning fucking oh. fell asleep <laughs> for about 50 percent of the movie because it's just talking blah 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 same thing that we just talked about 20 minutes ago i'm gonna bring up again and then i'm gonna continue saying I want to say that that's just kind of how Lucille Ball was. She was a comedian and she was, you know, not, she wanted to be taken seriously, but we hear Desi say to her all the time, is this a skit? Is this a joke? No, this is me. Like, this is, I'm trying to do something here and I'm trying to build something here and everyone just takes me as a joke. And that is an interesting part of this movie. Um, you know, knowing that she wasn't taken seriously and she wanted to change that scene and the director didn't want to change that scene. So that's the interesting part of this for me. But just the the constant back and forth talking about the same thing and it's in the paper. It's not in the paper. It's going to be in the paper. It's not going to be in the paper. We have till Friday. It's not going to be in the paper. And uh, That's what you thought of the post? Because it's so much <laughs> yeah, paper. It's going to be in the paper. <laughs> Why? Because of the paper. I, I'm starting to... Because I'm starting the paper. To... I think it was the overabundance of dialogue that was just so unnecessary that really makes you want to fall asleep, which I did. So, um, I, I when we talk more about what we think of the the actors playing these people because i'm pretty sure we all have kind of an idea of how those people were in the mood in the show um but the plot itself is really boring and i think it is quite irrelevant to modern day media so i i think it's a miss on the plot unfortunately what do you think well okay hmm. Um, I think it's interesting. I'm definitely coming at it from a different perspective, having had some like real life experience um, with the I Love Lucy show and and sort of Lucy and, and Desi's life. Um, I find it 
really interesting always to peel back the layers of Hollywood. And that's kind of what that this is to me. I did not get any post vibes whatsoever because <laughs> I would have been right on the floor dead asleep with you if that were the case. Um, you guys hate I'm the not, post. That's not a bad movie. It's a perfectly fine movie. <laughs> it's well, that's, movie. yeah, super debatable. Um, I found, I, I found, you know, as intrigued I was, as I was with the storyline, I was more interested in, like I said, peeling back the layers, but also how they were using this one week of what was happening um, for for that particular episode of the I Love Lucy show to sort of be the um, the springboard for all of for the things that were really going on for the relationship issues for uh, for the communist McCarthyism issue um, and just showing what the struggle was for all of the women because that's what it was it was a struggle for the woman writer it was a struggle for lucy it was a struggle for ethel the woman who played uh, vivian vance who played ethel mm -hmm. it and and it was not just a struggle based on on you know how they were treated by men it was also there was inner struggle between the women and i think that's super reflective of what was happening then because it was such a you know and still is but it you know, it was hyper male dominated. And then the the um, the fact that their sponsor, Philip Morris, had such a, you know, huge uh, part in what could happen and what couldn't happen. Um, I had I no idea that like that happened. That Like you could just have like a like a tobacco company just be like. Yeah, we own like half the show. <laughs> right. I mean, that that's you know, you have your sponsors and people are always, that's the threat. That's the threat that they do now still is that, oh, well, if we don't like what you're saying, then we're going to write to, you know, the Captain Crunch cereal company and be like, well, they're sitting down in the production cereal. office, just like Pepsi, send their reps in and be like, uh, like, I don't know. It, it, I, I didn't think it was this. This seems like crazy. Like it's like yeah. over, overbearing. Well, I think there just used to be some really big companies that really, that was, they really had all the power then to it's like Mad Men. sort of, I mean, yeah, it's like that. And, and they're probably created by those madman, madmen kind of people. So, um, so yeah, I found it actually interesting and, uh, it's just a real, it's just a little taste, I'm sure. Um, and they tried to do a lot with that. I feel like that their relationship was, way more complex than you know you could give time to in a movie um or like a mini series i mean there could be a mini series on this and i think it would be interesting um so so yeah um i like the plot that it served itself uh it's very talky but i didn't find it it was repetitive talky but it was repetitive for a reason you know not like the post to me which was just like repetitive because i wanted to you know i don't think i even re even remember a single scene from the post so that i might not have made the best choice in comparison <laughs> well i, I, remember I do remember you couldn't fall asleep in that movie because the theater was so cold you couldn't fall asleep and that's why you were so angry is because yep, you wanted to fall too. asleep but it was the theater was like forty degrees, like the heater wasn't working. So you, I have, so if you can't fall asleep, you're furious. You're even angrier. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, on the regular, bring a blanket with me just in case because it's a necessary thing. Mm. Yeah, it's over the top. You're not supposed to sleep in movies, but uh, uh, I, so I know, I know. 
I am aware of I Love Lucy. I know two scenes from the show, one that would have which they showed in this, the grape stomping scene. I think people know right. that one. And then the yeah. other one, which has been parodied a lot, but I, I've seen the original, is there it's her and Ethel and they're in like a chocolate factory and there's yeah. a conveyor belt going and yeah. like that's just good that's quality. That's quality physical comedy. Yeah. Like that's it holds up and like people that's a reason that's those are the scenes that are like parodied. They made a um, she made a reference to the uh, the other really popular scene. Vitamin um, Vegemin. Yeah, they didn't say they yeah. didn't show anything. That must have came at a later time. Vita Vita Vegemin. What did you say? Vitamita Vegemin. It's she had to go she was she got a small part in a commercial where she had to sell um, like this, you know, elixir called Vitamina yeah. Vegemin, and it uh. tasted terrible. And she kept having to put spoonfuls of it in her mouth, and she couldn't <laughs> not gag on it. I mean, she's a brilliant comedian, a brilliant physical comedian, and uh, it seems like you know a lot of the writing was, you know, that she also had some cachet with that. So interesting. And that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is all the writing. When they're in the big semicircle in the st- at the stage, when they're rehearsing, the three writers in the writer's room, uh, cutting to, like, when when uh, Lucille is, like, kind of a mad... Like, they're talking, Lucille's kind of imagining it, and we see in black right. and white, like, the actual, like, recreations. All that's great. I don't care at all too much about, like, uh, the background of their relationship, and I don't care about his club that he sings at. And I don't care about, I, I don't care about like the uh, surrounding stuff. I want more of a bottle movie where we're just at this production studio. And I love, my favorite parts are the parts that we're putting Nicole to sleep are the repetitive parts where she's obsessing over that intro and she's obsessing over the flowers on the, at the dinner table scene. And like mm-hmm. we do those couple of bits over and over. I like that. That's my favorite stuff in the movie. Cause I like the, that like playing around with the bit, trying to perfect it, fighting the other people creatively because they're not seeing it your way and they just want it to be the way it's in it. Because they got to move on to the next thing. Uh, I like all the production-y yeah. uh, creating of the show stuff. The the relationship, the, I don't really care a whole lot. I actually like them better as just business partners than in their when they're tr- coupley. Because when they're business partners, I feel like they're a little they they feel stronger to me. They feel like more of a force when they're bickering around about their not seeing each other enough and you're cheating on me and I, I don't care about any of that. That's, that's kind of, yeah. But yeah, but don't you think that's all related? Because I think the reason that we're pulling from this particular week of their lives, um, it, who cares about, I mean, that scene that they're trying to perfect the whole movie long, I don't recall from the TV show at all. So it feels to me like they took, a, they picked something that they could, um, use as a catalyst to be like, I'm going to perfect this. I'm going to figure this out. I'm in charge because I'm not, because my relationship isn't perfect because my world right now isn't perfect. And so if I can perfect this one scene, I can be in control of something. And I think yeah, but I don't that's, like, uh, but that's not what's interesting. I, think it's I don't trying find to that trans- interesting. To translate over into the, we should give females more opportunity to have a say, just like her writer that, um, you know, has all these ideas and the other guy just keeps trying to steal them from her. And I think that it's, that's trying to get into the women empowerment movement of, of comedy at this point, at that point. Right. But she still, I mean, Lucy still has to, the only reason things work out for her is because Desi pulls some crazy strings right. with J. Edgar Hoover of all people. So <laughs> um, she's also, yeah, that was a, the ending of this is very weird. 
Uh, but she yeah. also, like, her, she's got a hand in uh, kind of sabotaging her co-star there because she doesn't well, want her garnering yeah. attention. And well, I mean, we can, we can talk about the performances. Well, let's talk about the performances because in real yeah. life, Lucille and Desi are, like, late 30s, early 40s when this is happening. And Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem are in their early to mid-50s, maybe a little younger when they shot this, so we'll say early 50s. Um, people did look older back then, so I can give them some leeway. Like, people just kind of looked old. Uh, and uh, But then I thought about the co-star, uh, the, the woman who played Vivian Vance. And that actress is, like, 37. Yeah. And so, you know... 15 years younger than Nicole Kidman and when they have the scene where it's where Nicole Kidman's like the women uh, the regular women watching the show look like you and they they you know they they aspire to look like whatever she says she's like I'm glamorous you're average kind of thing and right. I guess they on the show she was you, not me in the show she was a little older a little frumpier a little heavier so she's like the she's the sidekick and when I'm watching this because they cast this woman uh, Nina Arianda I'm like she's Clearly younger. She's a very pretty lady. Like she doesn't look bad at all. Like I didn't. Th- I was like, I'm confused. It's because I don't. I I can infer based on their dialogue because I didn't watch the show. Though I'm like, she's. I think more attractive than you, Nicole Kidman. In this in this <laughs> moment, I'm surprised that I I'm I, don't, surprised I can't imagine that's how it was in the show. I'm surprised that that is the more stark difference to you as opposed to this younger woman playing Ethel and. J.K. Simmons playing Fred, and he looks like her right. grandpa. <laughs> well, J.K. Well, Simmons is playing the guy who he looks like, more like the actual guy, though. It's, the, it's this woman's <laughs> casting as so young is the problem. I don't know why they didn't just get an older. If everyone else is older. Why didn't they get an older woman to play this other part? Yeah, I like. Well, the, not that Hollywood she's bad. Like, well, I know, but Hollywood doesn't like older women, so I mean, they're going to try to stick in somebody as young as they possibly can. Yeah, but their lead, they're, they're too, their lead is a 54-year-old woman in this. Le- yeah, but a lead is different. You want you want a name for a lead. It doesn't really matter. I think Nicole Kidman looks pretty kid- good in this, actually. I mean, for well, 54, she looks, looks amazing. But, like, yeah. I'm just, I, you know, you, you cast to get her against a woman in her mid-30s, and she's in her early 50s, and it's supposed to be this stark difference of, yeah, uh, she's the glamorous beauty... Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't read true because I'm like, just get someone you know frumpier or 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 like kind of uglier up a little bit. She didn't look. She looked very I nice. Say, I don't know like, why they're like dumping on her. One of the beginning scenes where they're all sitting at the the reading and they don't say that that's the that's supposed to be Fred and Ethel's actors and actress. They don't say that yet, but I could tell obviously because I think that you're right. J.K. Simmons looks exactly like the guy who plays Fred. And I'm like, wait a minute, is that supposed to be Ethel's character? Why does she look like right. his daughter? <laughs> it just, it, it, it didn't make <laughs> yeah. sense in the very opening, you know, until they start to bicker and whatever. But yeah, that was strange. Well, everyone <laughs> that played everybody in the show, with the exception of Desi, is much thinner in real, you know, as these characters than the actual people were playing in the I Love Lucy show. Desi was probably thinner than Javier Javier Bardem and but everybody else was a little bit on the thicker side because people mm-hmm. were thicker back then when it came to this mm-hmm. kind of thing um, and I remember watching it and being a little confused about why like I understood they live in the same building and so that's why they're friends but I always took them to be entirely different generations 
And then Fred Mertz's character was even a generation beyond that. Like it was like Lucy and Ricky and then Ethel above that. And then, you know, like I felt like everybody um, was older and it didn't feel like it didn't feel like that. Uh, so you and thought that's... Fred and Ethel all in the original show were just he's an older man in the couple. Right, but I felt like he was double older. Like if she was the grandma I mean, he was in the situation, yeah. he was the great well, grandma. Yeah, William Frawley was older than Vivian Vance, but I don't. Oh, yeah. I, let's see. It looks like a okay. All right, about like close to a twenty year difference. So yeah, yeah right, was, he was much older. Yeah, so, so that's there you what go, it J.K. Simmons. Like. <laughs> right. So, um, but Vivian Vance was also a couple years older than Lucille Ball, and she they made her up to look even. I think even older. Even in older. In, yeah, where in this well, movie it's it's like the other way. It feels like. Yeah, I I think yeah, I think that's you... true. But I and I think that's harder to make Nicole Kidman look twenty years younger or fifteen years younger. So they had to make they had to try to make the other person look older, but it didn't. She really didn't. So, yeah, I mean, it's she a, had a frumpier a, hairstyle yeah. and frumpier clothes, but there's plenty of good women like actresses in their 50s you could just cast as this woman i don't know why you have to cast someone <laughs> so much younger when everyone else is old i mean jk is the only one who's probably appropriately age cast like nicole kidman and harvey <laughs> Redem are at least 10 15 years older than the people they're playing yeah and yeah, then you I cast agree. someone who's younger than the person who would have been and she's supposed to be the older one like it just it, it doesn't make any sense but anyway, we're nitpicking on that i guess <laughs> i like everyone else though bit, yeah what do the you riot, think people of the, act, the, writers? Of the acting of, of Javier and, and Nicole? What do you think of them? I think it was pretty easy to to buy Javier as Desi Arnaz and as Ricky Ricardo. He actually weirdly has a, I mean, I don't, it doesn't feel like it was the same accent that uh, Desi Arnaz had, but you know, they had, they had an accent. Mm-hmm. Um, I Nicole Kidman for me kept slipping in and out of her lucy voice because lucy does have a particular voice and i don't know that she yeah and i don't know that she really um was real consistent with you know it's not like she was acting australian like did lucille ball talk like the character in real life though i feel like she's that's a hype a heightened thing like i feel like she she probably i don't know i did she have a stage voice and an actual voice I mean, it's hard to know because back then there wasn't like, I mean, sure, they would be like on the Johnny Carson show, which would be like, you know, the Jimmy Fallon show or whatever. Well, yeah, Lucio Ball would act into the 60s and 70s, you know, yeah, after this. But, but that's it. And her voice like really quickly started getting gravelly because of smoking and stuff like that. So like even when she had the show that was right after I Love Lucy, um, I think it was called Here's Lucy. Um, her voice was already like super affected by the amount of smoking that she did. So she was already starting to get this like really, you know, grumbly, gruff kind of voice. Um, I've seen her in a lot of different things and she always sort of has that voice, but that, I don't know if that's an acting voice. That could be an acting voice. I'm not, you know, hundred percent. It feels too like heightened to be like a real person voice. It's like. All, like all the actors back then, like that, did, did they always talk like that when they were like just like hanging out? Like it feels like they, like they had to turn on their different Mid Atlantic or over the top zany voices if you're a comedian. Like you know, people. Right. I, I, I would think, I would think it's like, like even uh, when 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 Javier is doing Desi, Desi has a has a different like tonal kind of thing going on between his two characters. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it was, but I just couldn't. 
yeah, I just didn't feel, and it, I didn't feel like it was, you know, consistent with her. And maybe she was doing two different voices. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I could hear Nicole like... Kidman every so often, her American accent. You know what I mean? She was, yes. Everyone's, I think everyone's good in this. I just would have tweaked some castings. I don't know. I just don't know if they're, that's not who, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem aren't the people I would picture playing these characters. I think they're, I think they're, you know, they're fine as them, but I, I just don't, I I have to, if I didn't know who the people, real people were, I would, I think I'd enjoy this more and I would enjoy this whole thing more as, I would enjoy this whole thing more as like a contained story about them trying to write this one episode of TV and there's things in the outside world trying to poke in and they're just trying to get the thing off the ground. I, because it's based on real people and then we have to go outside and like learn about the real people. I'm like, I don't really care about that. I would rather have like a fictional story about this TV actress in the fifties and she's uh, going through a bunch of things with her husband and we learn that as we go and she's control, she's controlling and she's trying to take control and she's got problems. Like I would have much preferred, uh, a fictional, but like you could tell it's based on something kind of story, a composite of fifties sitcoms and then have an Aaron Sorkin writing thing on just go with all the, all the pe- production I will people. say that it is interesting that this movie has come out right now only because now we all have access to looking up more information. And I looked up, uh, just some of the, just I looked up Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz and their children and seeing kind of what's happening with their family. And now it's her, her great grandchildren are in there or older than me. And I'm like, holy shit, she would have been like a hundred something years old if she was still alive. <laughs> like, it's crazy. But um, just learning more about them has actually been quite interesting because yeah. I know that they're, they, they both played a pivotal role in american tv i mean we had there was like a cuban man as a star in the show and right they get into that for yeah and a a woman that that. i learned after reading was actually pregnant on the pilot episode with her first kid and no one knew that so for them to want to publicize her second pregnancy like i just i really like all that stuff and i find it interesting history wise um, but I think that the story could have been ta- uh, told a little bit better to highlight those important pieces of history more so than some of the other stuff that they uh, focused on. Also, did so you-, you wanted them to go further there, and Brennan wanted them to go. We might have liked. Yeah, and- I think Nicole and I might have liked opposite parts, except for I think we can both agree when they're in the writing the riding horseshoe and yeah. like jk simmons is grumbling on about the kid the kid from the other show oh, and yeah. like what's he what's a kid got kids a communist what's he got to do with politics he's seven right like <laughs> just just that good back uh back and forth Aaron sorkin writing but other than that yeah i think we might we might like beyond that different parts of this yeah, yeah i felt compelled i feel compelled to like go get a, a biography on lucille ball now and just to be like okay you know, I, this is interesting, but I know that she had a really interesting uh, path to get where she was with the I Love Lucy show. And I also know that she was successful for a long time afterwards, but it also felt like her life was a bit of a shit show, you know, mm-hmm. so um, not unusual for Hollywood in those days and particularly women in Hollywood. So um, in- interesting. There was a part in there, too, where she was getting a role in the film and and all the other 
bigger time actresses were dropping out because they were busy. And she was like, mm. I'm not busy. And he was like, yes, you are. She's like, no, no, I want to be famous. Like, I'm not busy. Just shows like, you know, if even if there was a little bit of comp, not as much competition as there is now in that sense, but still there were, there were women that people latched onto at that time for everything. And they were in everything. So to become a, a new actress that people fell in love with like that was that's really special so i, I like everything that. was much more hierarchical back then like yeah. they were clear they were clear these are the these are the four leading men these are the four leading women here are their couple of understudies we can plug in if we need to here you're a b-movie actor you're a, you're a tv actor you only do plays you do silent you do vaudeville like everyone had a like a place there wasn't a whole and you don't you didn't leave your lane whereas today everyone does everything talented people anyway and the biggest piece of that is because they were still they were all contract players you belong to a company it'd be like yeah you you belong belong, to rko (laughs) yeah you belong to rko you belong to warner brothers you belong you know to and you there's no crossing those not lines it's not like you're like oh i'm well i don't want to do that i'm going to be a free agent that's not a to thing. be fair. That's what we do with uh, Marvel characters now. They are. It's it's not it's not unlike uh, uh, Sony and Disney having to play nice to get Spider Man over the line. Is like, Nicole Kidman in Marvel? She, hmm. uh, she's in a. I think she's an Aquaman. So that's DC. I think she's on that side yeah. of the fence. But yeah. she hasn't come over. Like there's not a lot of crossover <laughs> when you're in, until you're killed off. You don't you don't really get to go to the other sandbox. And you know, it's 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 a little different, but. <laughs> That's a little different because you're still free to pursue other projects. I mean, sure. Right. You can still do TV and small movies. They just don't want you to be. They can't have Superman also be uh, Captain America. Like You can't be the same person. No. it's. I mean, but you're talking about one genre. It's a superhero genre. They, But people are free to go and do an indie movie or they're free to go do. I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. did the Sherlock Holmes trilogy or however many there were of that you know you're free to go do those things back in this time it was like you were assigned roles and you know there was not as probably not as much of like a real audition process once you were a contract player you just did whatever movies they told you to do and when they were tired of you like they were done with lucy that's you're done so. It is still kind of like that with writers and directors, though. Unless you're an auteur, unless you're Paul Thomas Anderson or Tarantino or or Wes Anderson Wes or someone Anderson. who has like a, yeah. like yeah, you have you get special treatment. Otherwise, you're a plug and play director writer. You take what you can get, and only after you know X number of years of success and cult following are you allowed to play with your own money. Like even the freaking. Um, What's their name? The brother, the Russo brothers, who made like some of the biggest movies ever. They had to like beg the studio for years to make that movie Cherry that they always wanted to make. They took yeah. them years to get that over the line, and they made two billion dollar movies for the biggest company ever. And they still had to like you know do be nice little players because you know no Russo brothers aren't a name without them, so they have to they had to pay their dues. Like it's 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 still kind of like that with writing writers, right? Pretty basically everyone but the actors now. Yeah, I mean, but you still, I mean, you can still do things, then you weren't allowed to do, like, there's a difference between, yeah, you have to play the game, and you're not allowed to play the game. There's, that's, that's more of what it was like before, is you're not allowed to do anything else. You can do other things, good luck finding funding for that, you know, 
that's fine. Yeah, people didn't want to step uh, on the other people's toes on that. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, it does sound archaic that it still happens, and I, but it just doesn't happen to the same degree that it did before. Hollywood is fascinating. It's fascinating and troublesome. You know what I found fascinating gross. about this? Hmm. That Javier Javier Bardem is married to Penelope Cruz. Did you know okay. that? Real life. <laughs> I knew that one. I didn't know that. That's just just. In I don't my, know why I knew that. In my research venture, <laughs> I found that out. I thought that was pretty neat. They've been together for a bit, haven't they? Yeah, eleven yeah, years. Yeah, they've been together for a while, but it was there was he was married to somebody else before that, right? Uh, it doesn't say that, so oh. I don't think so. Playboy. He's just living yeah, he's, life as a. He's a handsome man. He's in a. He's a lean man in some stuff. Um, what do we think of the side characters? I like all the side characters too. The they got all kinds of um sick like they got modern sitcom actors to play a bunch of people. Tony Hale, yeah. uh, uh, Jess Oppenheimer, uh, Aaliyah Shawkat from also from Arrested Development, Jake Lacey from The Office, Clark Gregg from a bunch of stuff, Marvel, but also other yeah. sitcom stuff. Uh, I, th- I like because it's Sorkin writing. Everyone sings like everyone's always. Whenever it's back and forth, funny little scenes. That's that's always my favorite part in these. That uh, you wanted to go and learn more Lucille Ball after this. After this, I wanted to go watch Molly's Game again. I, this is this is a Sorkin vehicle for me. Not I don't care so much about the the thing it's about. It's just so weird that he can put those two things together. I would. This has this is nothing like Molly's Game to me. Molly's Game is miles ahead of this movie. Oh, Molly's Game is a much better movie, but it's it's the fa- it's the way the characters talk to each other. There's yeah. even a couple of his famous. He likes to do scenes where a guy enters a scene and then someone hands him a paper and they're walking and talking. There's people behind them having separate conversations sideways and they're walking through hallways. They do that a lot in West Wing. And there's a couple of those yeah. scenes in here where it's the walk and talk scenes. He loves those. He kind of writes like he's like on cocaine all the time, which he used to be, but now apparently he's not. But he still writes like he is, and I kinda, that's what I like. I, I like just constant go go and all his stuff he writes has that social network he wrote what else yeah. uh oh uh god what's that one with steve oh i think it's just called jobs or steve jobs but yeah. when he writes stuff even if it's a different director it's just like it's moving i like it yeah and you can funny. tell it's uh, you can tell it's one of his gigs i mean it, there's a lot of tells and mainly if this were made mainly... by blah director i would have not cared about this at all it would have been whatever yeah it it looks like one of his movies it doesn't have it doesn't have the broad interest of something like a, spo- a social network or um, or like a really strong, tight, tight um, plot like Molly's Game. Um, it just, it feels like it's just a story he wanted to tell and he told it in his form. Um, side characters, I liked the side characters. I thought they were all great. I really sort of like the, um, what looked like a flash forward or whatever when they were talking to the... The writers and people, uh, once they were a little bit older, the Linda Lavin character who played the um, older version of the the girl who was the writer. Um, but the one guy took me out. The the um, the other writer who was trying to old to, Bob. Yeah, what's that? What's his name? Bob Carroll is the is the name of the character. The, the writer. What's the guy's and... name? Bob the actor. Yeah. The young or the old one? The young is Jake Lacey from The Office. Yeah, Ronnie he Cox took is me, the old one. Yeah, he took me out because when I see him, I see modern. I don't see something that's happening in the 1960s or the 
1950s. Um, so um, he's a modern looking person. He's a modern looking person. And I don't think, I mean, they tried to just make him look like clean cut guy, but there was something about him that was just too like, oh, I feel like you're time traveling, bro. So um, he has an iPhone in his pocket. You can't fool me. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, I'm taking my notes. Click, 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 click. Yeah. You contrast so, him, to, him to Leah Shawkat, who fits perfectly here. Like she looks. She like totally does. Yeah. She's. She's the and best. She's, she's so good. She's really good. And she, um, you know, you're even you're not in a scene with the real Lucille Ball, but you're in a scene with Nicole Kidman. I would think that that's pretty crazy. And she really did a great job and even sort of outshined her a little bit, I thought. She she's yeah she's in stuff all the time as like a second or third person. She holds her own every time. She, yeah. yeah. So I thought the what casting what happens was the, fine. Uh, well, the big problem I think Nicole started dozing off towards the second half of this. I think in the first half you were kind of, we, we were you were at least you laughed at some of the jokes. You know you seen somewhat into it, and then like you said, it got repetitive for you. And the it does fizzle like it doesn't end very strong because the ending is the weird f- the 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 red scare thing comes back and because it's been kind of. Uh, pushed aside for the most part for other stuff, and then all of a sudden a paper picks it up and it's got red ink, and that's a big deal. And so they, they have to do the big showstopper at the end where Desi comes out and he's like, I've got a call from someone in the government to exonerate her and to say there's no findings of things. And then, what's your name? I'm, I'm J. Edgar Hoover. I'm like, oh, crazy. He's, uh, he was, who was he at the time? He wasn't the president yet. He was the, um, J. Edgar Hoover was never president. <laughs> Not Jagger. No, that's not what I meant. Um, he was the. What is he? What was his title? What did he do? He's the. He's the head of the FBI. Her, her, yeah, there you go. Herbert Hoover. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they're related. Before. I have no. I never. That thought was of that before. before. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I knew. I yeah. And, okay, there you go. Head of the FBI. The cross-dressing um, head of the FBI. He was cross-dresser. Yeah. Didn't you not? Did you not see JFK? No. I would not watch oh. that. It looks very bad. Mm-hmm. They did mention. J- I think he was in um, the other Aaron Sorkin movie. Was he in Trial of Chicago Seven? Who? J. Edgar Hoover, the guy. Oh, someone yeah. playing him. Oh yeah, the yeah. Character. He would have been in. He would have been in that too. Yeah. Two in a row. There you go. He's he in a lot of movies. I mean, he's, he was. If you're talking about a certain generation, there's J. Edgar Hoover was it. So. Well, in this, he's a good guy, but in other things, he's not a good guy. Um, yeah. And in, in this, he's exonerating her. In other things, he's doing nefarious things. Um, it it yes. fizzles. It, the, end, the end is not as good. It, it kind of loses steam, and it, it, the ending doesn't feel great to me. I don't know. I like the beginning more, and it, and it kind of loses its steam. Yeah. Well, I th- at this point, I'm just I'm I'm just done with it. At this point, I feel like I'm exhausted. It was like I've lost steam. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they had to wrap it up and they were, they were trying to do that, um, in a more than just, mm, okay, the scene, this is how the scene went. And this is, you know, they had to wrap up the three different plot points of the scene, the relationship, the communism. They really wrapped it up at a very blatant end. Like, oh, they got divorced the next day. And then that was it. It was nothing about yeah. like her it name. Was a very... Her name was cleared, or she went well, on get to be. The next day, yeah, but, she went on yeah. to be the. It was the next day after they finished filming the final whatever. The after the final little season. Ricky was born, because that was the biggest thing in the friggin' world yeah. that they were gonna, you know, have little Ricky's birth, quote unquote, on television. Like Truman Show. 
But the rest of this is also, wo- all the other story- the stories are woven pretty well together, and then the end is kind of clunk. Like, they, they they just don't, eh, just drop it. Just because, like, the rest, I thought, yeah. the beginning, when people are going from scene to scene and they bring things up, it feels a little more organic, feels like things are spent, you know, the appropriate amount of time they have to do with each other. When they have the meetings about the different things, everything kind of seems connected. And then at the end, it's just kind of like, yeah, we got to close all these up, and, you know, let's just... Let's just do it all in this one night. And I'm like, yeah, yeah he's got to end it somehow, but that's good. Okay. Well, I guess yeah, our I'm, podcast I'm is over now. Bye. It's, it's all done. It. Just like it's the like movie. That. It just kind of yeah. fizzles out. You're going to recommend uh, being the Ricardos, Nicole? Um, not really. <laughs> uh, well, I did. I did like it. I will say like, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. I would probably watch it again when I wasn't as tired. Um, <laughs> but I think that the audience that is alive right now watching films is not going to want to fucking sit through two and a half hours of this old nonsense. So I'm going to I'm going to say no. OK. Yeah, I'm going to recommend it. I think it's a interesting look within a, it's like a biopic in a week. Um, I think people will be interested i think it's fast-paced enough that uh you're not going to be bored unless you're tired um and it's 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 <laughs> a it behind daylight the it's not like it was the middle of the night when we watched this i, mean. I liked <laughs> yeah. the parts that i liked though and then yeah it showed that it got boring so i took a nap <laughs> and it, it's a peek behind the curtain which i think people people enjoy so yeah. yeah, yeah, I recommend this still. It's still good. It's still good enough to recommend. There's parts I really like in here, and then there's parts that are kind of boring. And then I, I don't really love the ending. It's my least favorite of the movies he's directed. It's in the bottom half of movies he's written for me. Um, but it's still, it's still fine. It's still got enough talk, talky snappiness that that that's what I look for, and I got what I was looking for. Um, wish the story was more interesting, and uh, that's about it. But still, still worth a watch. A little long, but still worth it for me. Uh, two recommends, one not recommend for being the Ricardos. And, uh, so we got coming up, uh, when you're hearing this, this is probably right between all the holidays. Uh, and we have our draft show next, the draft show. Well, Everyone's got to remember all the boy. movies that came out this year. And, uh, that's the show. If people don't know, we do, it's like fantasy sports, you know, you, you draft, if you're playing fantasy football, you draft the players, go back and forth and you build a team. We do the same thing with movies. We do, uh, eight, uh, movies on each of our four teams, the four hosts, the three of us and Jess. And, uh, we go back and forth picking the movies that came out. We're doing, to clarify, 2021 films, not what was Oscar eligible this year versus last year. So there's some January, February movies that were in the Oscars that are this year films and we're counting them as this year films and we didn't count them last year. So we're sticking to the calendar year, not Oscars rigid, weird schedule, um, or too flexible and not correct schedule. Yeah, who, who, um, who does that? Nobody except the Oscars. Yeah, they, so. they did it. So, but we're not doing that. So it's 2021 movies. All of them, if they came out in 2021, that's what we count. So what that'll happens be coming if out. our movie ends up on the COVID list? Then what do we do? What do you mean a COVID list? Oh, well, like I mean, that's sports. what's happening in I fantasy right now. And I, I get you. The players <laughs> get killed. Okay, yeah, we better have some films on the side. Films can get delayed from COVID, but whenever they come out, they're out. So there you go. There it's We're protected from that. I was hoping to um, get somebody on my, on my bench. I think I got the first pick this year, too, which, thank God, this is a good year to have the first pick. Um, <laughs> oh my God. In the meantime, 
<laughs> if you have anything to recommend to us, Films with Women in My Life on Facebook, reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Brennan underscore pod host. And you can email the show, Films with the Women, at gmail.com. Thank you guys for being on Being the Ricardos. Thank oh. you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy Winter Solstice. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New happy Year, New everyone. Year. Everything else that people celebrate. Happy Chinese New Year. I don't know. That's I don't think that's this time later. of year. Yeah. yeah. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.